Now we'll take a reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. That's where we're up to. We've been going through the Thessalonian letter and uh, we're up to chapter 4. So we'll read the chapter together. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honourable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins as we told you and warned you before. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God, the very God who gives you his Holy Spirit. Now about your love for one another, we do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all the brothers and sisters throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, dear friends, to do so more and more, and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest who have no hope. We believe Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive and who are left till the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And so may the reading of that be encouraging to us all. So far we've looked at uh, chapter 1 and 2 and 3. And we've been noticing that this letter is written in the context of expectation. For each chapter has made reference to the coming again of Jesus. 
And with that context, we found in chapter 1 that we can live in relaxation for it says in verse 10 of chapter 1, wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who rescues us from the coming wrath. So the promise is given and we can rest, we can relax and we can enjoy the wait. Wait for his son from heaven. In chapter 2, we can live in contemplation of meeting the Lord and others who have, or we have, influenced for God. For he says at the end of chapter 2, For what is our hope, our joy, or crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are a glory and joy. So to be able to know that the be able to see those there that we have been able to work or influence for good in the knowledge of God's salvation. In chapter 3, verse 13, it says, May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. So, Strengthen your heart so that you'll be blameless and holy. We can live in consecration. But in chapter 4 here, as it also mentions the coming of the Lord, we learn that we can live by information. Paul is giving us information as to life and the coming again of Jesus. You know, there's... Many voices in this world. But for the best results in life, we need to listen to Jesus. Verse 2 says, You know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. So we should listen to Jesus. And um, we have instructions how to live to please God. That's verse 1. How you, uh, We instructed you how to live in order to please God. We can talk about, or we could, but we won't, but we could talk about, and we can talk about in other situations, about a new world order that might be imposed upon us. But, if it were so, it will come to nothing Amen. when Jesus comes again. Right. We might hear about cancel culture. That's another way of saying, do away with the Bible. Because the, the um, societies that have been established on the basis of what the Bible teaches. If we do away with that, if we cancel that, that's what cancel culture is about, cancelling what we have. And uh, if we cancel that, then we're going to do away with the Bible altogether. We might hear of gender fluidity in the world. 
That's another way of saying God is wrong in how he made us. We need to accept what God has done, what God has given, and remember that he is the one that is going to bring all things to their conclusion. God is not mocked without consequences. If we mock God and his word and his creation and his ways for this world, then there are going to be serious consequences. Verse 7 says in our chapter, um, For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God, the very God who gives you his Holy Spirit. Remember, God is not mocked without serious consequences. But how should we live? What can be positive for us as we wait for Jesus our Lord? Well, let's have a look here. In um, verse 9 of chapter 4, Now about your love for one another, we do not read, need to write to you, for yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. So that's the first thing. Then in verse 11, And make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business. <laughs> You've heard that expression before, haven't you? It comes from the Bible. <laughs> you should mind your own business and work with your hands just as we told you so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent upon anybody. So we're to love each other, we're to lead a quiet life, we're to work with our hands and we are to encourage each other with words about the coming again of Jesus. But what will happen when he comes? Well, he says in verse 13, I want you to be informed. Well, he put it the other way, didn't he? He says, we don't want you to be uninformed. So he says, I want you to be informed about those who sleep in death, so you do not grieve like the rest who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. Amen. That's Easter, isn't it? We'll celebrate that in April. But we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And we believe God will bring with Jesus those who have died being believers in him. Amen. But how will it happen? Well, we've read about it here, but let me read you another passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 20 says, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a human being, the resurrection of the dead, dead 
also comes through a human being. For as in Adam all die, so we are part of being in Adam, the human family, as in Adam all die, so in Christ. If we're in Christ's family, all will be made alive. But in this order, Christ the firstfruits, so he was raised from the dead, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority and power. And so those who know God's salvation, maybe they've, they've died, but they will reign with him. They will be raised at the coming again of our Lord Jesus. This is a forever story. You could speak about it all the time. But verse 18 of our passage says, Encourage one another with these words. So, in our conversations, let us be, let us be always thinking, maybe talking about the coming again of our Lord Jesus and the things that will happen when he comes. In verse 1 of our chapter, I want you to note, he says, we instructed you how to live in order to please God. And so uh, he is not giving us a prescription as to this, this, this and this so that this will happen. But he's giving us a description of the things that matter so that we will be pleasing to God and that we'll be able to wait, as chapter 1 says, to wait for his Son from heaven. Now, I've called chapter 4 the Enoch chapter of the New Testament. You know about Enoch, don't you? In Hebrews chapter 11, it says, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found, for God had taken him away. Before this, he was commended as one that pleased God. So with Enoch, we had his walk and his translation. What would it have been like? Where's Enoch? You seen Enoch? Well, I saw him going for a walk this morning, but I haven't seen him since. You seen Enoch? Well, he was around for breakfast this morning, but I haven't seen him since. You seen Enoch? He was not, for God took him. And you know what? When the Lord comes, it's going to be just like that. But it won't be just an Enoch. It will be all the believers in Jesus Christ. Whether they have died or whether they are living. We will be raised 
and caught up together. And the Bible says to be forever with the Lord. Um, so we won't be here to have the wrath of God when the wrath of God is poured out. But we will have been translated to heaven. Now, <laughs> I'm not one of those who believe that Jesus could come today. I think I said that last week. But I know that Jesus is coming. And when he comes, he will come with the wrath of God to be poured out upon this earth. But before that, just before that happens, he calls all the Christians home to be forever with the Lord. You know what? Then we'll know where Enoch is. <laughs> we'll find Enoch there. And others who have gone before in the presence of God forever. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we can, in the context of expectation, for that's what it says here, we who are alive and left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Encourage one another with these words. And so here we realise that we escape the wrath of God. It's going to happen in this world. And what about their world economic forum? Or what about their world banking system? Or what about their world systems that they're trying to bring together under one authority? What about all those things? Jesus will come and he will rule supreme. And as our chapter here says, um, we who are alive and left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. I think it is that when the Lord is coming back in judgment, he will execute judgment on this world. But the believers have been caught out. Not caught out as unprepared, but caught out of the world. And will be with him. And will be with him forever. No wonder Paul finishes his chapter by saying, encourage one another with these words. Or encourage one another with words like these. Talk about it. Enjoy it. Anticipate it. And wait for his son from heaven. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for all your goodness and your kindness to us. Thank you for all that you have provided for us in the first coming of the Lord Jesus.
by his death and resurrection, we can enter into life which is eternal. But we thank you that in his coming again, we will be all gathered together to meet the Lord in the air and so be with him forever. He's executing judgment, but he's on a rescue mission so that we can be with him forever. We bless you today and ask for your help that with words like these we might be able to encourage one another as we move from day to day and wait for his coming. Amen.